Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel, and sitting across from me is, once again, back is the incredible... Rhyme Animal. <laughs> oh, man, you still don't get that. Uh, <laughs> get what? It's Public Enemy. Public Enemy? Public Enemy? Public Enemy. Who can give a Public Enemy? All right, so who are you? Mike Sutherland. All right, and I'm the guy who fucked up the rhyme. All right, so this is our Boss Baby episode. We will be talking about that fine animated film, and then we'll also be talking about our flicks of the week, mine being the AMC original TV series, Into the Badlands. And Mike will be interrupting concert? <laughs> no, it's, it's Bring the Noise. Oh, okay. That was it. from the rap. Whoa. Um, the Legend of Hell House. Okay. A 1970s, I think it's a Hammer film. Hold on a second. I will look it up. You love hammering those fucking films down, don't I tell you that? Well, I had this on my DVR for a long time, but Mm -hmm. we'll keep going. We'll talk about it after the... the, And then, of course, we're going to talk about the the grandosity of the Thor Ragnarok trailer. Grandosity. (laughs) Is that a real word? I don't know. Stay tuned and you'll find out. That's a cool film. On a couple of average Joes, take it away. Gail. Gail. Who the fuck is Gail? Gail Honeycutt. All right. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile. How you doing? 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 All right, let's do it! You know, that is not bad for a 70s uh, poster. Is that really classic? Is it? Yeah. It's not like a, you know upgraded in someone's cool new style or anything? No. That's the poster. Richard Matheson. So, <laughs> screenplay by Richard Matheson. That's the first thing that I, I noticed. Oh. Yeah, I Am Legend. I didn't even fucking know that. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I picked The Legend of Hell House yeah. is because it has Clive Revel in it. Okay, who's that? He played Darth Vader. Okay. Uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi. Okay, he played the, the, the you know he played the fucking Mr. Egghead. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> it has Roddy McDowell in it. You already have. You already have. Exactly. <laughs> so I picked this movie. All right. I like the poster though. So okay. So we'll be talking about that and all that stuff. Yep. Well, we already talked about talking about that. So yeah. So shut up. <laughs> all right. So Mike and I went and saw. The Boss Baby, because the options The were, Boss Baby. The, 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 what is like. The Boss Baby. We saw The Boss Baby. We saw Boss Baby. And then we uh-huh. bought the popcorn and the, and the brisket. Uh-huh. And sat down with a bevy of beverages. Uh, we saw The Boss Baby, because there was nothing else out this week. Boss Baby. <laughs> there was fucker. There was nothing else out. I mean, it, what it was there? Power Rangers? No, a power. I had like a a mild, a mild little you know little irkin. You know, they wanted me to go see it, and then and then it faded out really quickly. You know, so we didn't see Power Rangers. What else did we not see? Nazi. 
<laughs> it's that, that's subliminal because we're you know we're really into that. There was a bunch of shit that we like uh, the circle. Did you already mention that the circle jerk? No, I didn't mention the circle jerk. Boss, baby. <laughs> I'm never gonna stop being Boss, baby. Boss, baby. I'm a baby. Baby. Um, yeah, fuck. We didn't want to see Beauty and the Fucking Beast. Right. Didn't want to see Smurfs. The new Smurfs. No. <laughs> Look, I, I I saw an article. What was it? Uh, yeah, you know, yesterday. Or I, I think it was yesterday on uh, online, and uh, this dude said, "Where's the nostalgia for Smurfs?" Right, and he did his own review for Smurfs uh, Three. You know, because technically, I guess it is the third one. Uh huh. Um, and it's obvious. I didn't even click on his article. There, you don't even need to ask that question. It's obvious. Why? Because you had two shitty fucking live action New York City based versions. With Neil Patrick Harris, and you fucked it up, right? I did not. <laughs> well, you're the only one here, so it's you. You did that. They fucked it up. So that's why the third one, no one's going to see it. No one gives a shit anymore. Because guess what? What they probably should have done for the for on this third one was should have been the first one. It shouldn't have been live action in New York. If you're going to do live action, you should have set it in the land of the Smurfs, whatever the fuck it is. I can't remember because I, I... Well, the third one is in the land of the Smurfs. That's what I mean. It's too late. You know what I mean? Too little, too late. Too little. That's like like if they late. came out with another Garfield live action movie. Well, you fucked up the first two times. Do you really think anyone's going to come back? No. No. No, they're not. Of course. I mean, it's for kids, so whatever. Yeah, and that's another thing. So, But the, here's the thing. The Smurfs are, are an 80s property and you're going to you're going to involve people my age yeah that are looking again for nostalgia yeah we're totally in the wrong business dude <laughs> so um <clears throat> all right we, we could have saw going in style which is the fucking bucket list part two <laughs> with heist uh-huh um and then uh, what else? Yeah, that was it. I mean, there's what uh, the zookeeper's wife, which I think is in limited release, and and the shack, and life, and and that's it, dude. There's nothing else out. So fuck it. We saw Boss Baby. You, besides, you you got you got majorly tickled by the the first time you saw the trailer, anyway. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it was it, it was the kids slapping the yeah. mom's hand. Yeah. And, and all that, you know, and Alec Baldwin. I I love Alec Baldwin. I don't give a fuck about his personal bullshit, but the dude knows how to pull you in when he's acting. Right. Even even as a voice actor, same thing. You know, he this is pretty much his character from Glengarry Glenn. I almost said it. I almost fucking got it out of my mouth. Glengarry Glenn Ross. Glengarry Glenn Ross. Glengarry Glenn Ross. You know, um, and yeah, he's that he's that guy that had that what was it five minute scene in that movie, and uh, you know cookies are for closers. Yeah, and uh, I, you know what I I'm still I'm still uh, you know reluctant to see animated films, especially DreamWorks, because DreamWorks uh, DreamWorks I think they've been dropping the ball for a very long time. DreamWorks. Yeah, I'm trying. You know what? The brain is going faster than the lips can go. If I if I know to speak Spanish, I could you know I got to see it, got to little you and I could say I could talk faster and shit, but right. I can't. The brain's going too fast. Where the fuck was I? Okay, Glenn Gary, Glenn so, Ross. No, no, it was something after that. It was uh, we went. You know, I I I wanted to see this because it's sell. You know, it looks funny. You got Alec Baldwin doing it. 
but my reluctance, what it was, was that it was seeing um, a DreamWorks film after they've been disappointing me so much lately. You know, uh-huh. uh, the, what was it? The, they had the Guardians movie with the fucking all the, you know, Santa Claus and all that shit. Guardians of Haluli. <laughs> they had the well, the Guardians of Gay Hole was done by someone else, <laughs> um, and uh, but they did that movie Home. You know, with Sheldon doing the voice of the alien. Right. Which that movie sucked. I watched it with my kids at home for free. Thank God, didn't waste any money on that shit. And dude, well, we're while Joe is talking, I have an animation running in the yeah. background, and it's Rocket and Groot. Yeah, uh-huh. done by I can't remember who's done by. Mm-hmm. Was well, it's Disney XD? But there's this it's Passion House or or I'll that look it up looks right gorilla style. It's it's yeah, it's really fucking good. Yeah, that's the first thing that stood out to me. I wasn't even paying attention until you mentioned it. It was on my fucking tangent about DreamWorks. Right. So what were we going to say about this? Well, this style of animation yeah. is fucking great. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Um, S- Scotty Young, who did, Scotty a, Young. did a lot of uh, uh, Marvel comics, but he has, he has a certain style to his comics. If you look at it, it's Scotty, S-K-O-T-T-I-E, Young, <coughs> the regular spelling. And um, if you look at his website, you'll you'll see the, the his specific style of art. Well, it's been used in this new Disney's Marvel or Disney well, Marvel's Rocket and Groot, yeah, which is showing on Disney XD. And you can see it on YouTube. It's about a minute and forty five seconds on the Disney XD channel. I generally don't waste time with this stuff, but after seeing a preview, after watching like Star Wars Rebels, yeah, um, and this all ties in with the animation that the companies that Disney are hiring know their shit. Yeah. For for the most part. I mean, I'm still not into the whole Guardians of the Galaxy or the their Marvel cartoon, you know. I don't want them Avenger stuff. Penguins of Madagascaring it or or Kung Fu Pandaing it. You the know? Penguins of Madagascar are pretty fucking funny. The TV show was fucking hilarious. You know, I, I okay. but Kung the, Fu Panda, yes, I can understand. Yeah, that and other ones that they did, like they did that with some of the Disney cartoons back in the nineties. Yeah, you know, it was like oh, Goofy every, and whatever else. Yeah, like every big movie had to have a cartoon spinoff, and it you don't need to. It's it just it seems like over marketing, right? Like but, overkill marketing. But because Rock and Groot are. are big time and there it's a good pairing to do this with what they're doing is and i didn't mean to, to take over your review of that's fine I, Bosch it, I got it set to the side i'm ready to go into action right when you're done the Bosch burger so <laughs> this is very similar to what they did with star wars the clone wars or gi joe the the one that we talked about last week yeah and it's um it's 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 just little shorts these little cute shorts yeah, that are done really well. Anyway. Yeah, so it's not even it's not even a full on show. No, which is good because then it becomes filler. It's an aside. Good. That's that's. I think that's 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 a safe route to go. Correct. Safe, safe. Go. All right. So, DreamWorks, man, they they're not they're not doing anything special anymore. The only thing that that I notice about DreamWorks that that that's still good is the animation. Uh huh. They're they're at the top of the pack, but guess what? It seems like a lot of these other people are coming up too. Um, if you look at Illumination, which is I found out today when I was doing my research, because I actually do research on my movie reviews, uh-huh. um, is that uh, NBC Universal owns DreamWorks, right? And they also own Illumination Entertainment. They're both um, DreamWorks and Illumination are both subsidiaries of NBC Universal. Okay. Um, so 
what I'm trying to get at is, even though DreamWorks was always number two to Pixar since we've been doing the whole CG movie cartoon, you know, uh, CG cartoons. Right. Um, DreamWorks was always there. Like, okay, if you couldn't fall back on a Pixar movie to fall in love with, then there's definitely a DreamWorks movie, right? Correct. But now it's not like that. It's like... Well, it's not It's not even DreamWorks SKG anymore. No. It's DreamWorks. Yeah, DreamWorks so, an, uh, uh, animation. So, you know, chalk it up to Sony animation. It's... It's it's a it's a third tier project. Yeah, everyone. Look, I'm not talking about like quality of story. I'm just mean like um, animation wise, the technology. Um, the it looks like everyone else has caught it up now. You know, DreamWorks stood out for a long time because they seem to be the only other company that could really do it. You know, get close to Pixar in a way. But now everyone's doing it. You got Illumination that's doing it. You got like you said, Sony Animation. Uh, there's what uh, Fox. Fox has done a few. Right. You know, and I don't, I can't think of who else has done them, but there's other companies too. Oh well, fucking the one that does Kubo, you know, uh, it, What is it? Leica. Yeah. So, uh, it's not. You can't rely on this anymore. DreamWorks. You you just can't. It. You have to have more if you want to stay in this game. And look, I, I know this sounds stupid because they're making a shit ton of money off of this, but still, if you want to stand out, like Pixar has stood out for so damn long then you have to step things up and they're not stepping up their writing. The, their stories aren't, they're not blowing the skirt up again. You right. know, it, it's almost to me, it feels like, uh, <laughs> uh, it's like, Sorry. It, it's like, <laughs> you know, this isn't intentionally punny, but, um, think of Disney animation and Pixar as, as, uh, as the Marvel side. Right. And then you picture everyone else, including DreamWorks as the fucking DC, you know, trying to catch up. You know, especially especially DreamWorks. DreamWorks, can you name something really good that they've done in the last five years besides How to Train Your Dragon Part Two? No. See, I I can't. It's you know it, nothing it, nothing that that it remotely interests yeah, me. Peabody and Sherman, um, uh, which was okay. Yeah, but it still wasn't you know nothing great. It wasn't it it doesn't it didn't become a classic. Yeah, it had its moments. But you know, yeah. you had the Crudes, you had. Mm. Yeah, see, it's just there's nothing. You had home. You had the guardians. Have you ever seen um, the art of the Crudes? It's a generally when they do animation and stuff like that, they do an art book that they yeah. sell, right? I think you've shown me something. And the art book of the Crudes mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Yeah, um, I guess part of it also has the second chapter that they want to tell, mm-hmm. but. There's another one that had a spinoff TV show. Yeah, which was, it's awful. Yeah, I bet. Not just a spinoff TV show, a cartoon, if you've ever seen it. Yeah. And I've only seen one little thing about it, Mm -hmm. uh, which was like a teaser. Oh, the Crude's cartoon coming soon. Yeah. Okay. It looks shitty. Yeah, the movie was shitty. The animation was cool, but that's not enough anymore. The, The look can't be all that you get. Right. But, well, anyways, the style of art for the Crude's was vastly different than what we saw on the big screen. They would they made it more, more kitty? No, no. It would the here. Let me um. Let me bring it up. Yes. Show let, me. Let me show you, my friend. Show me. Uh, I need that. I need that. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> All these fucking tabs open. Uh, the art. Thank God you're running a tab. Yeah, no shit. Fucking punny motherfucker. I know. <laughs> Look at this. 
Like this is this is there's a picture of the uh, crudes yeah. sitting on on some rocks, but it's actually a water turtle dragon thing. Oh shit, you're right. Okay, I didn't and even then, see that. Yeah. Okay, so you see all the family and they're fishing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Here's here's the big tree. Here's the night. Well, that's not the art of the crudes. Look at this. Mm-hmm. You know, like a yeti. Do you know why they didn't do any of that stuff, Mike? Look at this picture. Do you want to know why? It's amazing. Do you know why they didn't use that? Well, they used some of it. Because because of the price that it took to sign on Academy Award winner <laughs> Nicholas <Nicolas> Cage. Cage. <laughs> I bet his, his shit took up so much of the budget that they were like, oh, fuck it. No, dude. It, I'm being sarcastic. It... I, I I know it. They look they, at the concept art, dude. See that all of that looks interesting, but yet the movie sucked. The movie was boring. I saw the shit at the drive-in with my kids. I wrote a mini review for it, and it it, it nothing. The movie beautiful, beautiful images. Look at this shit. That's the the duck dragon thing. Where the yeah, duck is it? Look at that. You see, and you, I, I don't know if you remember, but the picture that I used for my review. Was where the, the cave drawings of the family. Uh-huh. That's what I used because it looked really cool. See, that's fucking awesome right there. That island. Yeah. That is awesome. But no, we don't. Yeah, the, the concept art in and of itself is just incredible. <laughs> that's not yeah. crudes. <clears throat> um, Frogsian's house. They didn't know how to do panel windows yet. That's a lie. Cavemen weren't that. That's a, that's a game. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, these are all game concepts. All right, so you down about the crude's animation? Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, it, with, with, with DreamWorks, they, you know, there's nothing. I don't get excited about hearing about their next animated project anymore. I haven't for a long time. I think, well, also, Kung Fu Panda Part 2. Those are the last two. I, I You know what? Honestly, I liked the, cons- I liked the um, uh, artwork of... Kung Fu Panda 3. Oh, yeah, and that makes it even more of a disappointment, you know? Just like when I talked about uh, Ghost in the Shell last week. Uh-huh. You know, it's like they did all these things right. They did all these things, all these things, all these looks, and, and the music was fucking awesome and all these things. And then, But then when you get to the nitty-gritty, right, you get down to that, they fucked it up. And it, so it didn't matter how awesome all this other shit was. They fucked up things that they shouldn't have fucked up on. And it, it just killed the whole thing for me. You know, it's like, say if we go, when we go see Valerian this summer, right? Right. That movie looks amazing. And I guarantee you that the whole entire movie from start to finish is going to look absolutely amazing. I've, I've heard that it is as good, if not better, uh-huh. than The Fifth Element. Okay, good. Because that one was instantly classic to me. Um, but what I'm saying is, is that what if we, you know, when we go see Valerian, what if the whole entire movie looks amazing and looks great, but then the story sucked or I didn't care about the characters, things like that. Then the whole thing is just folly, right? It's it's a waste of time. Right. And so anyway, that's DreamWorks for me. They need to step up more than just their animation skills. They got to step up. But I will give them props for one thing. On this film, finally back to the boss baby. I like the fact that DreamWorks knows that their movies are animated. They know it. And they're not trying to make it too uber realistic like say Pixar does. Right. With the with the with just the the level of detail that's put into every little definition of characters' faces when you get closer and closer. This one stays animated the whole time. And 
that sells me more on the whole fantasy um, concept of this movie because this whole movie is kind of like a fantasy, right? It's it's the boy's fantasizing about having adventures in his own bedroom or you know when he's doing things with his parents, right? And and even when <laughs> it's like all these things that keep becoming you know exaggerated, you know even like the battle in the backyard and all that stuff, it's all exaggerated. So you don't. It gets to a point though where you don't know. Almost at times, it's almost like is this his his exaggerated fantasy perspective on it or is this really happening this way in this movie? Like, you know, for him, like him showing up literally in a cab at the beginning of the movie, right? And getting out of the cab and dancing down the fucking walkway towards the front door, you know? Right. Did that really happen or was that exaggerated in his mind? You know, were his parents actually really there carrying the baby out of the car from the hospital or something instead, right? You know, uh, but things like that, it's, movie's fantastical in those regards there's a lot of fantasy to this and of course look it's animated and it's a comedy so i'm not trying to take anything on this movie seriously you know it's all for fun but it's hard for me to tell at certain times if this movie was the entire thing from start to finish a fantasy or if it was if there was some reality to it does that make sense no (laughs) no because there's really not a lot of thinking that's involved in this movie. You think I? You saying I went way too fucking deep with that? He showed up in a taxi. <laughs> he used yeah, his fucking Men in Black mind eraser, and I was thinking about that too. Mm-hmm. And here's how I come. Here's how I come across it. Uh-huh. Is <clears throat> she gets pregnant, has a kid? Yeah, because didn't. Didn't they show a scene where she was on the bed with him when they were reading him a nighttime story? And they asked how we would feel about having a new brother. Right. And then it looked like yeah, she was pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. So, and then that baby gets sent up to wherever, uh-huh. right? To boss land. Yeah, boss corp. Baby corp. To Yeah, baby corp. Baby corp, yeah. And this one replaces, right? And so when, when they answer the door, mm. knowing that they already have a kid upstairs, well, the kid's not upstairs. So he uses the mind eraser. You know, yeah. it makes them think that they just brought the new baby brother home. Uh-huh. Okay, that's what's going on with that. Yeah, and then same. You know, <laughs> moving on. So yeah, and look, the movie. Of course, this, me being a movie critic, I, I or a reviewer, however you want to put it, it. It's I'm always you know supposed to pick the way that or, you have a certain idea of how a movie's going to be, right? Well, with cartoons, I give them leeway on certain things like. I'm always going to expect the plot to be predictable. I'm always going to expect certain things to just be the way they are. They're going to be more kid-friendly, right? That's how it is with animated films. That's that's the milk, you know, that's the bread and butter, right? Sure, Joe. <laughs> so, I agree. I, I can I can let that go. It's just that this movie's very predictable. That's all I'm trying to get at. It it's Why didn't you just say that? Cuz I, I like uh adding a little extra gravy to my Ramp time. <laughs> Time ramp. So yeah, it's this movie is very predictable. What what's good about it is that it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't seem to linger. It just keeps on going to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Right? More it's, action and it's not a lingerer. More fun. So it, yeah, it, like I was trying to get at, if the movie, you know how it's going to end, even when they make you think it's not going to end that way, it ends you know it's going to end that way. You know it's going to end. So uh, predictable, a little cheesy. But I like the movie for the most part, especially because of Alec Baldwin. But 
There was something about the animation that I didn't notice until you brought it up because you're the fucking aficionado, you know. Well, we're, sort of. I'm, we're not. We're I mean, I love animation, <laughs> but you love Tex Avery, Chuck Jones, you know, Mel Blanc, all that classic. Yeah. Well, this is look. I, the Boss Baby is based on a book by this character. A character by this Frazzy, <laughs> uh, Marla Frazzy or Frazzy, Frazzy, Frizzy. Um, <laughs> she's an American author and illustrator of children's literature. She's won two Caldecott honors for picture book illustration. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven books and a bunch of other stuff. Uh-huh. So, and that's fine. You know, um, <clears throat> I think it's, uh, I think it's awesome that people like her can write cool things, you know? However, this is. Basically, I gotta bring it up now. Hold on a second. It's, no, I'm not looking up Ralphie May. <laughs> uh, How's Ralph Tresvant doing these days? Uh, let's find out. <laughs> or is Ralph, he, uh, or uh, Ralph Lincoln. Oh, I bet you he's touring with a new edition. Who the fuck is Ralph Lincoln? I don't know. I have to look him up now. We're going off on an uber tangent now. A direct descendant of the Lincoln family. Well, no shit. My yeah. name is Ralph C. Lincoln, well, his and beard, I am honored. His, his beard matches. Yeah, well, I'm a direct descendant of the guy that fucking shot... Fu- okay, whatever. Started the fucking <laughs> well, American Revolution. Oh, I thought you were going to say... Uh, they going to go, oh, I'm related to John Wilkes Booth. I may be. Well, in one way Well, or technically, we all are. You go far back enough, we're all related. Yeah. Um, oh, what is it? Chuck Jones... Yeah, Ralph Phillips. I work for Chuck Jones. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, Jones. Jones. <laughs> Dude. You idiot. <laughs> His recordings are admissible in court, or whatever <laughs> it says. He's a cyborg, you idiot. It's admissible in court. Um, the Ralph Phillips story. Take a look at my face, dick. dick. <laughs> he was trying to kill me. <laughs> There's there's two of them. There's uh, A to Z, 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 and there's um, uh, there's another one, which I can't fucking remember. From yes, yeah, from A to Z, 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 and mm-hmm. then <sighs> Boyhood Days. Gosh, I had to do a scroll down a little bit. Yeah, Everybody. Chuck Jones was with uh, Warner Brothers for a very long time, and then he left and went to MGM. Uh, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Anyways, um, the whole idea behind Ralph Phillips is that when he daydreams, he fucking goes wacky. Okay. Um, in the in the first story from I think it's from A to Z, he ends up saving his parents from cannibals in in the deepest darkest uh, jungles of the Amazon. Thank you. <laughs> the deepest darkest Africa. That's usually what it's called. Wow. So and then of course. All of these things end up in this movie, in in The Boss Baby. Huh. So when you see the Ralph Phillips story, the Living the American Daydream, well, it's not that, but, you know, from A to Z, <laughs> as he's in his room, like in the jail cell, yeah. you know, where it's this elongated shot. Yeah. Well, that's, and the colors, they're all the same colors from these two cartoons. There's only two cartoons that Chuck Jones ever made. Right, it's from A to Z and Boyhood Days, and when when you're watching the movie, you're just like, "Holy shit!" 
they really went the Chuck Jones route, uh-huh. right? Like the guy, the 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 uh, the brother Eugene, of, yeah, Eugene, yeah, the, played by Comrade Vernon, yeah, which I thought was John DiMaggio. Do you know who he, Comrade Vernon is? Oh fuck, I'm asking you. You know, do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> the Muffin Man. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking gingerbread man. Yeah. He's fucking awesome. So anyways, so a shitload of Shrek stuff too. Yeah. As as you yeah, as you see see the 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 windows in the sky? Yeah. That's now the guy that did all the background stuff for Chuck Jones, his name is Maurice Noble. And Maurice Noble worked on Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century. Um the the, the Scarlet Pimpernel, if mm-hmm. you've ever seen that one, which is really good. Uh, was the Scarlet Pumpernickel? I know Chuck it. Jones was nominated for a bunch of Oscars for a short film, right? But yeah, nominated. Well, Anyways. he won a couple. He won like three or four. The biggest running joke for Warner Brothers in almost every cartoon was the fact that they had never won an Oscar uh-huh. for their work, yeah. no matter how good it was. Yeah, it was. It was for his short films. So, and then he got one. Um, he got one. Uh, Here it is. Posthumously, um, posthumously, like I think in '96 or something. For who uh, doesn't? Who cares about posthumous fucking Oscars? Who cares? It's all in the ego game. Well, you know, just well, pat- anyways, I'm patting on the credentials. I want watch this. So we're watching him go into the jungle, yeah. right? Well, <clears throat> in the in the movie The Boss Baby, there's an exact thing where he has to go into the jungle and save his mom, yeah, and fight this gigantic ape, right? Which yeah. is his dad and whatever else. And then we we don't see that one. The uh, let me find the other one. Yeah, see. Ooh, e ooh, arg. <laughs> and then he in bed, <clears throat> where he's he's crying because he broke a window. Yeah. And I'm trying to get to the. Shut up, everybody! I'm trying to talk. Hey, the name on there was Ralph. Yeah, he's kind of shown up in other Disney or Disney and Warner Brothers cartoons and it's what's the word I'm looking for here um in different times of his life like he'll be sitting there watching the roadrunner cartoon mm-hmm. with his brother yeah and saying beep beep zip bang but he'll also be an older one like <clears throat> the older version of Ralph Phillips as uh in, in as being indoctrinated into the United States army mm-hmm. you know things like that so <clears throat> but that's not what I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get at the, uh, where is it? Nope. Hold on. Ah, there we go. Ah, yes. Remember this scene from the Boss Baby? Hold on a second. You'll see it. Oh, he's diving underwater. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. And the dreaded tiger shark? Yes. Yeah. Well, that was in the movie. That's that's definitely from Boyhood Days. Damn. So they fucking- From ADZ, I mean. They matrixed this fuck out of this, didn't they? Well, not really. See, <laughs> look at that stern face. I love him. He's he has a pipe in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, adult uh, kids acting like adults. That's funny. So, that, but that's what I'm getting at is the the idea behind the whole m- movie just kind of coincided with Ralph Phillips. Yeah, and especially all the background images and and paint and 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 style i noticed it when especially, um, especially with the cartoon stuff yeah the pirates. I, I noticed in the movie uh when uh when it showed francis you know eugene francis played by uh conrad vernon uh-huh 
um, those scenes where he was babysitting them or, you know, like right. keeping them against their will. <laughs> um, when his eyes would get big and he, he reminded me of the witch from the, you know, I kept waiting for Conrad Vernon just to go, <laughs> and then, you know, then the hairpins are floating in the air real quick. Um, but that, that yeah, was, witch. that's when I noticed the, um, cause, cause yeah, you noticed that shit way before that, before I would, but. Oh yeah. I was so, I was pulled into it because, you know, I mean, there were scenes where like, eh, this is okay. And then there are scenes where it, it, it was fantastic because, because of the, the backgrounds. I'm like, holy shit, this is so fucking Maurice Noble. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. They are really, they are, they are paying homage to these great animators chuck jones and and whatnot so here's here's the boyhood days one let me try to get here it is so you'll see ralph in the jungle so you see the background yeah i mean it's very similar i'm gonna try and jump ahead here yeah i taught him a lesson okay kid <laughs> and then where was the other one? Oh, jet fighter which we the jet fighter one wasn't in there but Here's here's the scene that I'm talking about right here. So right here in the door. Yeah. So you check it out. See the bricks? Yep. And he's smoking a cigarette. That's fucking <laughs> funny. And then as soon as the door opens, Ralph Phillips. And that just it just reminded me of all that stuff. It's a classic, man. Yep. That's the good shit. It's the good shit. Alright. Um, so uh What it, what stood out to you in this movie besides the animation, of course? The <laughs> the uh, Eugene, who is Nasty Canasta or Cottontail Smith. Yeah, I um, he was my second favorite character in the movie. Of course, Alec Baldwin, you know, steals See, the show. There's Nasty Canasta right there. Looks like an atomic explosion on his chest. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like a mushroom cloud. Yeah. yeah. So you could see the the bad guys, their noses. Yeah. So. I'm trying to. Did you know that Tim Curry is in a wheelchair? Yes. I don't fucking know it all. Yeah, he's he's got like Parkinson's or something. He had a like major that. stroke in, um, in 2012. <laughs> black, black Jack Sherlock. That's right. Um, you was it uh, the Baby Boss? Eugene. I don't think we're gonna. I'm gonna be able to find a picture of. Yeah, dude. When I was looking for. Oh, there is. Yeah, well, hold on, I finally got one. All right. Yeah, that, look at the eyes. The eyes are very, very Looney Tunes ish. Yeah. In the nose and the mouth. <laughs> the nose is very. The nose is very Chuck Jones's. So, um, what was that? Um, Daffy Duck. Sherlock <laughs> Holmes. I think it's called Sherlock Hemlock, but or Doorlock Holmes. But there's a there's a bad guy in this. There he is. <laughs> Who is basically nasty? See, yep. okay, see the okay. So, the Shropshire Slasher, the Shropshire Slasher. Yeah, no, the Shropshire Slasher. <laughs> Shropshire. That's who. Shropshire it is. Slasher. <laughs> Droopy eyed, look a porky pig as Watson. Yeah, he's always bored. Yes, Clyde Rabbit, Sam. So yeah, so the Shropshire Slasher. See, if you look at his face, uh, if I ever do a like a full on, and he's and he's bald, he's got the very he's very very similar to his nose looks like a finger coming out and bending like yeah. this. <laughs> and that's that's the genius of Chuck Jones. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's the and that's the genius of this movie. It pulls you in. Um, oh, that's who I was looking for right there. The Bugs Bunny. The wrestler. Wrestler. <clears throat> who I mean, it's it's yeah, bunny hug, but right before he gets all muscular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got no neck. Pow. No <laughs> neck, Nick. Ready? <laughs> Fucking look like super punch out. Yeah. So I mean, that's uh, and that's what it's taken from, anyways. Is these characters that Chuck Jones has created that are big muscle heads, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and they're supposed to be punching bags. They're supposed to be the butt of jokes and whatnot. And the way that DreamWorks has incorporated all of this, which really annoys me, but. <laughs> And, and there's reasons for that because I was I'm working on something that was been I've been working on something since 2009 that incorporates the Ralph Phillips stuff. Uh-huh. But Shh. God damn it! Well, it's, it doesn't matter now because fucking DreamWorks has already done it. Yeah. I just couldn't fi- fi- find a way to do it. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> muscly, isn't he? The the whole idea behind it was. They've incorporated Chuck Jones and a lot of the stuff for Chuck Jones, uh, from Chuck Jones, into these amazing visuals. (laughs) The ballerina. And and that's what pulled me into the movie mostly. Yeah, I, uh, I, my problem with the movie is that it's. We were entertained the whole time we were watching it. <laughs> I know it's funny. the The whole time we're watching it, we're you know we're entertained. But when after I've walked away from it, even though I remember that Alec Baldwin's character, you know, of course, ran the show and he was entertaining every time he spoke. I don't. I still didn't remember anything. I don't remember anything exactly that he said. I don't. I didn't remember a lot of the action scenes until later. Uh, and and that, that that tells me right there that this movie, even though it's it's watchable and entertaining as you're watching it, it's not really a classic. It's not going to be. It might as well be Megamind. Yeah, you know. And and the funny part is, uh, I believe the guy that did um, Megamind also did this movie, <clears throat> uh, Tom McGrath. If I'm not yes, you're right. So it's and look, it, this is better than things that that uh, that DreamWorks has come out with in the last few years. Yes, but. It still, it's not doing anything for me. I, you know, I don't have any. I don't even have any faith in the Captain Underpants movie that we're going to end up seeing in a few months. You know, I, I don't. I just don't get it. I, I don't know why they're they're trying to keep pumping. Oh, there's fucking. You know, you know the answer to that. I don't even know why I'm saying that. Right. It, we all know why. They just need to keep because they're trying to stay relevant they're trying to keep up with the times and and keep on pumping out movie after movie after movie and you don't even need to do that i mean look i'm scrolling through all these bugs bunny things yeah and you can easily if you want to just remain relevant take any one of these (laughs) 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 they've been showing looney tunes on cartoon network yeah and the one of them was nasty canasta where nasty canasta steals bugs bunny's loot uh-huh. And Bugs Bunny goes and steals it all back from him uh-huh. by winning at his at his gambling hall. Yeah, and one of them is like we're he's he's playing cards and he's like whatever whoever has the bigger hand wins right you know like they're playing twenty one so yeah. Bugs Bunny takes off his glove and blows into it and puts it on 
He's, that's why he's got the big hand. Yeah. And, the, and fucking Dassey's like, knock it off. And it's still not big enough to have five fingers. Quit doing that. <laughs> All right. Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt. That's the look. Teddy. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, um, like in Yosemite Sam. But all of these things, you could still be relevant. All you have to do is just take, literally all you have to do is just take the fucking, um, any one of the stories that they've done. Let's just say they, you know, um, uh, it just passed one. Where is it? The, the Three Bears. Okay. Or the Scarlet Pumpernickel, which is the Scarlet Pimpernel. Um Anyone or you know Rocky and 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 his uh, that's it right there. See, see his nose. Yeah, it's like a finger. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <clears throat> and that's and that's the thing. It's every time Rocky's like, "Okay, boys," you know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of the big dog and little dog. Hey, Spike. Yeah, Spike. Pretty much. Nah. Get out of here. You, and there's always. Um, nah. You want to go chase car spike? Nah. <laughs> Rocky and Muggsy. That's who it is. God, man, I should know these by heart. But yeah, Rocky and Muggsy are are the basis. Well, Muggsy is the basis for the character of Eugene, anyways. Yeah. But they could take any one of these, any one of these classic shorts, and turn them into a movie. You know, based on a, a property that you know, like the Three Musketeers, or Again, you know, um, some Western, like uh, High Plains Drifter or whatever. Yeah. You know, and still make it relevant. But they don't. <laughs> and that's why that's why the, the the animation of today is never going to be as good. American animation today, I don't think, is ever going to be as good as the Bugs Bunny animation. Yeah. They don't put the time and the effort into drawing these things. No, no, it's just a product. Right. There's no love. Well, I, I can't say there's no love because there is some love. And I meant to add in Robin Hood as well. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I just, uh, this movie, it, what, you, what is it, by the time you get to the end of it, it's just another, oh, the bad guys kidnapped this so-and-so and, right. and they're going to do this. And it's just, oh, and they have a connection to the past. It's, it's cliched now. It, every ending for these movies is cliched. So, uh, but that it just that's an easy it's an easy cop out. Yeah, you know, and we're not saying that the movie was bad. Don't get us wrong. No, this movie's a, a little above average for me. Yeah, this this movie, animation wise, incredible. Oh yeah, uh, they keep getting better and better. Yeah, but as Joe said, it's a factory. It's a process. There seems to be little love taken care into doing just the little things. <clears throat> for example, and I'm going to go back to Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. When you watch Bugs Bunny and he's on the telephone and he's twirling the the phone cord. And they yeah. do this in The Simpsons as well. And this has always been a big bitch of mine. Or when you he- see him pick up some dust or a piece of a pie, right? And he puts it between his fingers and you see the crumbles fall. Yeah. But that's not just that. Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. When you see something explode, mm-hmm. right, and then you see the rocks hit, and then you see all the dust, and well, it's not just dust, but little pieces of rock come down. Yeah. Or when he's tapping at the rock and the boulder, and you see the little pieces of rock fall off. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of attention to detail that Chuck Jones did. 
it wasn't just Chuck Jones. It was, but primarily Chuck Jones because Bob McKimson focused more on characters. Tex Avery focused more on the the wacky jokes and shit like that. Uh-huh. But and and Chuck Jones was a culmination of both of those guys, where he he was the be all end all. Yeah, uh, the master animator, as it were, because of his ability to bring in not just character and backgrounds and everything else, but that attention to detail. You know, where you see, like we're looking at a picture right now where he's dealing with Black Jacques Chirac, okay? Mm-hmm. And Black Jacques Chirac has a gun, and Bugs Bunny had earmuffs over his head or ear warmers, like the uh, the toques on his ears. Yeah. And they're on the counter behind him folded. Like they're on top of each other, and then they're folded over on as, you know, they're dropping down. Like a jacket. Yeah. And... Or you know, in, in when Jack and the Beanstalk, mm-hmm. you know, you have you have Donald Donald <laughs> Daffy Duck looking at Bugs Bunny, and he's in bed, and his feet in the covers, you know, and and there's wrinkles in the covers, little things like that. That that's the attention to detail, you know. Yeah, and and this movie, like a lot of others, doesn't take the time to do those things. Yeah, it, it's all like I said, it's all factory. Yeah, they can do fabric and all this other stuff, but. The whole point is the love, the the absolute necessity mm-hmm. to do this. Like when you're watching Foghorn Leghorn or any of those other characters. Yeah, isn't it like having a winning team, right? It's when you have all the right pieces in place, it all seems to flow so well, just like with old Looney Tunes, right? Right. Well, now you've got, you don't have all the all your, uh, what are you all, ducks in a row? <laughs> right? So it, it's... That's the problem. Oh, sure, you got the you got the animators. They're doing a really good job, but you don't have uh, the 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 director, the maestro, right? Who's there to to add in the little flair here and there when it needs it, right? Then that that's the problem with Boss Baby is yeah. it doesn't do those little things. And the story, there's there wasn't really any any effort put into the story. It was just oh, let's just get another product. We have a we have an idea, right? We're just going to take it from this kid's book, right? And then we're going to make it... Just like How to Train Your Dragon or anything else. Yeah. And then part three of that's coming out soon. And I'm not even interested in seeing that. Even though I assume the effort's going to be put into it, I don't care. Because they killed the dad off in the last one anyway. So fuck him. All right? <laughs> you, don't kill, you don't kill Gerard Butler. Yes, you do. Unless he's, you know, unless he's saving uh, Sparta. So uh, this movie is, is, is a middle ground film with all the critics. It's uh, currently sitting at a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, what were our, our predictions? I don't know. What were our predictions? I have a feeling I was going to give it like a 75 or something. 68. Okay. And yours? Oh, both of us 68. Okay. Yep. All right. So we were off. Yeah, we were off by 15, 16%. So yeah, it's not a big deal. I mean, I gave it a six. Yeah. I mean, the consensus is pretty much what, what, what we, we've been saying about the movie. You know, it, it's entertaining, but it doesn't get over it, its little humps. Of storytelling, um, also I, I, I don't know if this is sacrilegious or not, but Steve Buscemi, I love. See, I'm sorry, Buscemi. <laughs> Same difference. Whatever. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's always good. Don't get me wrong. And he, when he does an animated character, he always does it good. But he sounds the same. And when they they keep putting him in a villain role, they had him as Nebercracker in Monster House. They had him as as the fucking Salamander. I can't remember the name at the in the moment, but in Monster Monsters Incorporated, right? Uh-huh. They're always going to Randy. Keep, 
I think it was. It starts with. A, I think it starts with an R. So you might be right. Um, it's a. Uh, you. It just feels like the same guy. You know, every time. Every time I hear him doing that voice, I'm not hearing. I'm hearing all of his characters he's done. I'm not hearing just this one here. It doesn't have any separate character. Randall. Did you play Randall? Randall. There we go. Yeah. And just as I was typing it in. I know that happens to me all the time. It's like I have to. Get to that point where I I, I should have just looked it up anyway instead of thinking yeah, about logs. I you know what I don't have a problem with it because the way that he does the characters he incorporates their little tweaks just because his voice isn't changing or anything else like that uh-huh. and and there are uh, there are several guys that can do that without really worrying about whether uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, the guy that plays Putty, the guy that plays Joe on Oh yeah, Family yeah, guy. Warburton. Yeah, Patrick Warburton. Yeah. He does the same exact voice. Yeah. But if you're watching like Scooby Doo Mysteries there where he's playing the sheriff, yeah. And you're watching Joe or you're watching Emperor's New Groove or anything else like that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's it's kind of the same inflections and whatever else, but the characters are completely fucking different. Yeah. And it's the same voice coming out of him because I was watching Scooby Doo earlier today. Yeah, I was taking a nap and I woke up to it. But and he's playing the sheriff of the, of the town where where the Mystery Inc is from. Yeah, and the way that he's able to just do different inflections on things makes the character completely unique and different from the fact that even though Joe is a cop yeah. and family guy and he's playing a sheriff in fucking, you know, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And it's the same same exact voice. He doesn't try to change anything. Or Kronk or... Yeah. yeah. They are different characters. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's acting. You know, you can use your... If you can use your own voice to convey different characters yeah. and make them believable... Like in this one, um, Steve Buscemi's character, when he's when when he's the old guy, yeah, and he's he's you know I just don't want it, blah blah blah. Yeah. I'm gonna you know Puppy Incorporated or Puppy Corp and yeah. take down Baby Corp. I like the character because it didn't feel like a Steve Buscemi character. Okay, it didn't feel like he was. He got into the role. That's what I mean. Yeah. It didn't feel like he was doing the character from some Adam Sandler movie or whatever else, right? Yeah. Just being kind of crazy, wacky. Um, or like when he's in The Sopranos. Yeah. Same voice, you know. Completely different character. Completely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or Fargo. And fucking or, yeah. weird character, too. Yeah. Not, I mean, just weird, like crazy, scary weird. That scene where fucking Tony shoots him with a shotgun. Yeah. Brutal. Fucking brutal, dude. I believe uh, Buscemi uh, directed that episode too. He did, yeah. And that's that's the mark of a good character who can go in and regardless of of the other stuff, the bad the, the bad movies, the good movies, or whatever else. Yeah. You know, when he's when he's doing his stuff, I can you can separate most of it from from each other. Yeah, I just I don't know why it's just with his voice. I'm always picturing other characters. I. It is what it is. Um, I did like uh, a couple little things he did, though. I like the Gandalf alarm clock. That was funny. That was funny. And the Elvises, man. The fucking Elvises. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, man. Especially when they try to get, when they get on to, when, uh, when the baby is 
dressed as Elvis. Yeah. You know, using his brother. Yeah. And you know, oh man, forgot my forgot my ticket at the gate. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, ho ho ho! Right. And he's doing he's doing all the you all know going to get to Vegas and ho ho ho! And he shifts him around. Yeah. And, you know, somebody find my ticket. Right. <laughs> get that baby's ticket. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and and then he gets on the plane. Fucking. That whole interaction between the two Elvises yeah. is so goddamn funny. Uh-huh. They were just like they were speaking a whole other language, yeah. you know. A honka honka burn a loaf. <laughs> they have the subtitles showing what it really meant. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's it, those things were hella funny. I, I love them. Um, but yeah, uh, I believe I give the movie a six out of ten. Yeah, because it's it's better than average, but it still isn't. It isn't great. It isn't a classic. Um, Alec Baldwin does his damnedest to try, but still not enough. Yeah. Also, every time I hear Tobey Maguire um, narrating, I kept thinking of, do you do you know the real me? You know, do you know? All, all I can think of, all I can picture is when, like I forgot that Tobey Maguire was in the fucking movie. Yeah. But, uh, all I can think of is him when he's crying. He's got that stupid look on his face <laughs> from Spider Man. Uncle Ben. He's <laughs> every time I every time. Well, crying is never supposed to look attractive, man. I know, but on on him, it just it wasn't even real. It, you know, it was that it, bad to you, huh? It was that bad. Fuck. All right. All right. So, what would you give the movie? I told you six. Six. All right. Looks like we on par. The Boss Baby is the rancid diaper of animated movies. L.A. Times. Justin Chang. Justin okay. Chang needs to mind his own goddamn business. Mm-hmm. We already said how this movie is, and you don't need to make it sound worse. I bet you he gives it a one. He one. probably gave it a five. I don't care. You don't want to buy the Kobe book and get the free poster? What I would like to do is I would like to read <laughs> the article. Wouldn't that be nice? Creepy Kitty Fantasy. Violates what were once inviolable, violable, invitable, inviolable laws of the universe. Babies tend to eat, cry, giggle, nap in soil. They do not wear black business suits, carry briefcases, chug espressos, and plant. Inviable, inviolable. <laughs> no one you got stuck on. Inviolable. I know what the word he's trying to use is, and he I, it, that was a horrible pick. Yes. Because now I just want to shit on his article even more. Also, the- so so he can't separate the fact that you know why couldn't they use professional voice actors for the mom and the dad instead of throwing the names of lisa kudrow and jimmy kimmel in there i don't know they didn't do anything special so why not give that to fucking you know voice actors who who need big work do you see that you see what i'm saying because their characters didn't really say anything special so it's just like oh it just just sells more tickets yeah it's bullshit i mean you could tell this whole movie was made around Alec Baldwin because of the way that they did him. So you, okay. know, you can tell he was probably on board from day one. He, what does he give the fucking movie rating? Well, Mike, they're usually at the top or the bottom. I know, but I know. Th- it's not anywhere. You could just uh, get to the last paragraph of his bullshit. It doesn't say. I guess you just, I guess this is his way of saying, read my fucking whole article. See, if I'm I'm not reading his article, you are. So, if if 
I'm going to start reading someone's article. I will finish it because it's like, a, well, he took the time to write it. So maybe I should, you know, take the time to finish it. It's like a respect thing. You know, like I hope someone did. It. It's like a karma. It's like, so I, I hope someone took the time to start reading my review that they, they finished it. They didn't just skip all the way to the rating because there's motherfuckers that have done that with me. And that pisses me the fuck off, Mike. Let's see if I can contact the reporter. Hey, Justin Chang, on. film critic. <laughs> hey, asshole. Hey, cock monkey. Let's see what we got. Oh, I'm curious. <laughs> Let's finish this review, man. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So, yeah, that's pretty much what we think of uh, Boss Baby. And uh, I don't know. I, I think w- the next animated film that we'll be seeing anytime soon is, is probably going to be Captain Underpants, right? Something like that. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Cars 3. <laughs> Cars 3. I, I, oh, uh, here it is. Justin C. Chang on Twitter. Author, film craft, editing. Really? He didn't edit a rating into his review. I'll tell you <laughs> that. <laughs> Great. All right. Oh, had to bring up whitewashing, didn't you, Justin? Hollywood's ongoing Asian erasure problem. (laughs) Shut up, you fucking tool. All right. Anyways. (laughs) Okay. So, moving on. Uh, Thank God. Is uh, we're going to talk about our flicks of the week. God, did that sound like vanilla right there? We're moving on to our flicks of the week. Yeah. I tried some new waffles the other day. We're going to do films of the week. And the syrup was just delectable. It was delicious. I I sat on my porch and I watched the birds and I had a really good time. I enjoyed it. it You know, mamas and the papas came on the radio. You know, it came through the window, through the kitchen. Sound like NPR. I really enjoyed it. I really did. As as we sit here and go over the next movie review, (laughs) which will be. Into the Badlands. That's correct, sir. We are not doing it NPR style. I don't feel like doing it NPR style. We have to do the NPR style. NPR? No. (laughs) (laughs) Go. All right. No prostate is reliable. That's what NPR stands for. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah. Into the Badlands. AMC, after you know, finishing shows that you know they relied on for a long time, and made a lot of uh, you know ratings money off of. Um, they had to, re- you know, come in with replacements, and you know they're coming out with all these different ideas. You know, we got to keep staying edgy and all this bullshit, even though they were stupid enough to get rid of Frank Darabont. But that's another show. They've been trying other ideas, and one of them was in what do you call it? In retrospect or in uh, whatever? The, I don't know what in, you're trying to say. <laughs> I know. I'm, I don't know what I'm saying either. Into the Badlands. Is is a is a cool idea to jump onto, to make a show. I mean, the, the you know the premise of it's really cool. It's set like 500 years after a, a war, a world war has decimated the entire planet, and these people that you know, even though the show's filmed in around New Orleans and, and surrounding areas, um, I don't really know yet so far where it's set. Um, you know, actually in the show. Anyway, it's post-apocalyptic, like I said, but. Oh, it's post-apocalyptic. Everything has changed. All of the survivors are now in um, different kinds of uh, uh, communities. And each community is run by a baron who, you know, has their own ways of running things. Now, the main... That's usually how barons... Yeah, exactly. In different communities do things. Now, the main character of the show, um, Sonny, played by uh, Daniel Wu. Wu! 
Woo! Is he is what's known as a, a clipper. A clipper is a pretty much an assassin who works for the Baron, played by Martin Sokus. Martin Sokus, if anyone knows who Martin Sokus is, he played Galadriel's husband in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. All right, you know, can anyone tell me what Gandalf is? I would much like to speak with him. That guy, okay. Uh huh. Um, also, he's he's uh, a <laughs> these guys attack these guys. Those guys attack those guys. Soon, whole world at war. He's the you know the, the main boss from Triple X. Triple X. That's Martin Sokus. So, I like Martin Sokus, but and he's he's a very colorful character playing the Baron in the show. Um, and he, like I said, he runs the Clippers. Matt and Sokus. And they they, they they suck at basketball though. That's kind of weird part. Right. So Martin Sokus, he's he's a Baron, and his top guy is Danny Wu's character, Sonny. Woo. And the, look, the the first scene of the show starts off great. It it's in the middle of nowhere. You don't know what's going on, and all of a sudden, the uh, the Clipper, you know, who you didn't know at the time, it was Daniel Wu. He's wearing a helmet. He's going down the, the freeway, or you know, going down a highway on a motorcycle, and Heading on the highway, and he comes across um, a guy, you know, a group of people that got massacred. Looking for your mama. Okay. So then. And you can, t- and they're all in like a chain gang, so they're a property. And he ch- somehow, you know, uses his his futuristic, you know, skills, his you know, honing skills or ninja skills. He finds where they, where they, you know, the people were that killed them, and he tracks them down. And he ends up fighting all these people one on one until it's a whole group of people are surrounding him, and he fucks them all up. And the cinematography. The choreography, all of it looks great when he's doing it. And when you see this first scene of the show, the whole series, you're like, dude, this looks like it could be really kick ass. But then the show fucks up. And it, it, how could I describe this? It seems to me that I had a problem with the show Star Trek Voyager. And the problem with that show, mainly more than anything, was. I didn't get into the characters. The actors who played them, most of them were boring, and most of the characters themselves were boring. There wasn't any effort really put into them at all, into anything. So I didn't fully buy into the show the whole time I watched the series. Uh, I never fell in love with it like I did with Star Trek Generation, you know, The Next Generation. That had great characters that you fell in love with every single damn one of them, and even the guest stars. Going back to Into the Badlands, that's the problem with this show is a lot of these side characters that are on the show and some a couple of the main characters, I really don't give a shit about. And it, it sometimes it's so boring that besides me wanting to call this show Into the Blandlands because that's kind of how boring it gets at times, I don't I don't get into I just I can't get into the characters. That that's pretty much what I'm trying to say. It's it's a weak Okay. It, you know, it's a weak show. Um but it has the potential. And the second season is getting better. Look, the first season was signed on. It's just like The Walking Dead. It was signed on for six episodes right out the door. And and they didn't do any more for the first season. So that first one, okay, it definitely is bland. The second season, I'm, what, three episodes into it. Um, it seems like they've opened the world up a little more. They've gone to more of the ba- other barons and, 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 and shown what's going on in places other than where the Clippers are at. And... Uh, and where this other main Baron lady is at. She's to be fair, you really can't do much with six episodes. It is, but it's... He says not talking into his mic. That's fine. I can still... If I can hear you, they can hear you. They can hear me. So, it's... 
this to me this shows wasted potential that's what it is I, um and i but there are some characters that that show promise uh for one is one by nick frost who of course you know nick frost is from all the uh the uh, the Cornetto trilogy, right? You know, Shaun of the Dead and stuff. Super fuzz. That's right. And uh, he plays an interesting character. He plays a piece of shit who only thinks about himself. But he's he's stuck with Daniel Wu's character in in, the, in season two. And it's in you know, I look. It's predictable which direction his character is going to go into. He's going to start learning the error of his ways by being with uh, Sonny for a long enough time, and then he'll become a good guy. But right now, he's that that questionable bad guy, right? The the kind you're like, well, oh, how's he going to betray Sonny this time, you know? And and then Sonny's going to give him another chance or whatever because they're stuck together as survivors. And I don't want to give away too much. You should check the show out. It's just that, like I said, it's a bit, it's lacking. And and sometimes that that the lacking in character of the show bleeds into the the choreography of the fighting. It to me it, it makes the some of these these well well thought out, well scripted, well planned action scenes. It makes them boring because of the rest of the show being boring around it. Okay, sure. And, and that to me that hurts it. I um I keep hoping that it's going to get better. But look, this season's only got ten episodes. I'm going. I'm three episodes in. I'm going to give it the rest of the season, and if it does not, if it does not make a major improvement by that time, I'm going to be done with it. I, I just there, there's only so much I can do. You know, there's only so much they can do with it. And this show is not. A, you know, it's not a new Walking Dead. It's not. It's just wasted opportunity. So. Stephen Lang, though, as a uh, a former Clipper who's in a wheelchair, he's a very cool character. It would be cool if you could see more of him. Um, and it looks like he's getting more time in season two. So hopefully, uh, you know, he can help uh, make a turnaround for this because so far it's not as good as the trailers look. You know, when I, every time I used to see like trailers for AMC's Into the Badlands, um, you know, during commercial breaks of The Walking Dead or something, it would show these scenes that look so fucking cool in slow motion. These fight scenes. And then they finally check out the show, and you're like, eh. So the first season only got like a 52% approval rating. This season, I guess now total, the show has 76 approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So everyone's thinking it's improving. So hopefully it continues to improve, and we'll go from there. Like I said, I didn't want to give away too much of the show. Just check it out. The first season's on Netflix. Second season is currently happening on on demand uh, on cable. Into the Badlands. Okay. Mine is Legend of Hell House. Okay. Directed by this guy named John. I, I don't know if it's Huff or How. I'm going to go with How. Um, this is the same guy that r- directed Treasure Island, a lot of Disney stuff. Yeah. Uh, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. Escaped Witch Mountain, that's Disney. Returned to, yeah. Sorry. Cool. Watcher in the Woods. <laughs> Uh, Man Howling. Called Horrors Howling for American Gothic hmm. and a few others. Anyways, <clears throat> um, The Legend of Hell House is based on the Richard Matheson novel Hell House, which, <laughs> which is funny because I didn't even know that. I should have known that. But I recorded it because it has Clive Revel in it. Um, it's got Roddy McDowell, Pamela Franklin, and Gail Honeycutt. Now, Clive Revel, if you guys know anything about movies, is Darth Vader. He played Darth Vader. I'm sorry. He played the Emperor. He didn't play Darth Vader. He played the Emperor 
in Empire Strikes Back. Okay. And um, there's a great disturbance in the force. Correct. Yeah. And uh, well, how, how do I go with this? He oh he's he also uh, I I think he was the one that knew uh, Ian McDermott and was the one that kind of recommended McDermott for the Emperor in the next uh, um, in the next movie at, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, he's also done. Um, Voiceover work where he did um, uh, Alfred Pennyworth in the first three episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Okay. And uh, Transformers, DuckTales, Marvel Ooh. Ultimate Alliance, Conquest, Frontiers. <laughs> uh, he played Kickback in Transformers the movie, by the way. Okay. Um, the Legend of Hell House is interesting because it's not... Oh, he played in Johnny Bravo. The Hobbit video game. Freakazoid. Oh, the Hobbit video game was shit. I remember that game. I love Freakazoid. It wasn't. They couldn't do it with uh, uh, Electronic Arts because uh-huh. this other company, you know, because the Warner Brothers owning something, you know, part of the rights to the Hobbit. So that another uh, um, company did the uh, Hobbit game, and it fucking was. It looked horrible. It sucked. Did you play it? Uh, I believe I rented it. I just. It's been a long time. It's been fucking fourteen years. Huh. Okay. Anyways, uh, the basis of The Legend of Hell House is Lionel Barrett is enlisted, who is played by Clive Rebel, is enlisted by an eccentric millionaire, Mr. Deutsch, to make an investigation into, quote-unquote, survival after death. Um, In the one place where it has yet to be refuted, the Belasco House, which is the Mount Everest of haunted houses, and it's originally owned by the notorious roaring giant, Americ Belasco, who's a six-foot-five millionaire, and supposed murderer who disappeared soon after a massacre at his home. Well, it's this isn't so much of a horror movie as it is kind of a it, it's a drama thriller, but it's a um, it's a it's a character study. Yeah, yeah. There are some horror elements to it, but most of it is is off screen. Mm-hmm. You know, things that happen to these characters you don't see them happening. Until it shows up, like there's a point where um, Pamela Franklin, who plays a young, youngish, well, she's young in this movie, um, psychic, okay, ESP, things like that, and she she has a cross fall on her while she's in the basement, but you don't see the cross fall on her. However, there's a scene in the movie where she gets raped by a fucking poltergeist. Nice. Yeah, and it's kind of weird. And and for the most part, this whole movie works. It could the way that well in the you know in the seventies, movies like this like like Exorcist and whatever else. Yeah, these types of movies either were really really fucking good, or were laughed out. You know they they just were laughed right out of the theater. Yeah, this is one of those movies that uh, I don't think a lot of people would take seriously. Because of the the over dramatization of the actors, okay, you know, what are you doing to my wife? <laughs> How dare you, Mister? You know, things like that. Yeah. But Roddy McDowell was really good in this. Clive Revel, Clive Revel was fucking stable and and surprisingly excellent. Okay. I because I I've never seen him other apart from Empire Strikes Back. I've never actually seen him in a movie. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know anything about Clive Revel's work. For the most part, yeah, I've heard him do 
you know, voiceovers. I've seen him in a couple of TV series, you know, Love Boat and whatnot, and, of course, Star Wars. But for the most part, I've never really watched him in a movie. Yeah. You know? A lot of it I've I've heard him do in fucking voiceovers. So I was surprised at how good he really is. Of course, this is partial fucking filmography. He's had a huge career. Um, as far as psychological, uh, the Hell House legend and things like that, well, it was based off, it, the movie's based off a novel by Richard Matheson, which, again, is pretty much the same idea where Richard Matheson wrote the story and he wrote the screenplay. Oh. Um, there's there's a physicist with an interest in parapsychology, uh, his wife, two mediums, is Florence Tanner and Benjamin Franklin Fisher, who are uh, uh, one's a spiritualist and the other one works in physical mediums, and they're hired by a dying millionaire to investigate the possibility of life after death. Well, there's a couple of changes, but for the most part, the house is called Hell House due to the horrible acts of blasphemy and perversion that occurred there under the silent influence and supervision of this guy, Blasco. Um, I like Richard Matheson's writings. The way that he was able to convey fear and terror without actually having to show it. Yeah. You know? Psychological. Yeah. They use the camera to to be able to tell the, the story through the eyes of a ghost when it needed to be told. Yeah. You know, and they, oh, the door's opening and closing. And that's the one thing that fails on a lot of movies is when you see a door open, you know, like if a person opens a door slowly or opens the door quickly, like in this movie they were able to do it real well. Like when they're they're focusing on this Pamela Franklin character, right, and, and the the young medium, whatever you want to call her, as she's in her room, and the door slowly opens and then closes slowly. Yeah. Or when the when the when the ghost opens the door real quick and then slams it shut, right? Yeah. As he's you know is he's running away, so <clears throat> most of the story takes place through Pamela's. It's it's Pamela's story, yeah, where she is the person that is taking in the ghost, and and I don't mean that, and <laughs> it's not a pun in more ways than yeah. One. She's she's the um, the conduit, okay. So when she does these sittings, and this physicist, this Clive Rebel character, is trying to figure out whether or not life after death is real, and she is she is overtaken by these ghosts that are basically saying, get out, I'm going to kill all of you. Uh-huh. You know, If you don't leave now, I'm going to kill every one of you. So there's no black people in this movie. Right. So when... Get out. Yeah, I'm trying to... I barely interrupted you. I know. <laughs> Doug Mensch. That guy's name is Doug Mensch. He's the Mensch. Doug Mensch. When... When when she is in this moment, and then you know, and then this weird voice comes out, like this male voice, and the 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 characters around her still think that she's faking it, right? Like they, she's using some sort of weird amplification that she's been here before. <laughs> she's she's fucking with them, right? There is no Dana Ozur. <laughs> exactly. So. Um, well, what's going on is the house is corrupting them from the beginning. Okay. And they, they basically are getting on each other's nerves and slowly starting to fight each other. Um, 
the physicist Lionel, his wife is there, right? And she starts turning into this this fucking sexy, horny creature. Okay. Right? But there's only two guys in the house. Yeah. And one of them is Roddy McDowell's character and in the movie. <laughs> kind of narrows the options, and doesn't it? He's he seems to well, he's he's um he's a he's a relative of Balearic, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, Emmer, I'm sorry, Emmerich Belasco. I was looking at, uh, I was looking at the Marvel Comics Werewolf by Night, which is a unauthorized version of Hell House. Okay. And they changed the name of Emmerich Belasco to Balearic Mar- Marcosa, which is dumb. But he's he's a he's a relative, so he knows the whole story. He knows everything that's happened in 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 this house when they first moved in back in the early 1900s. Up until this point, 1973. So for 60 years, he's he's well, he's not 60, but you know, for for the 20 years that he's been around, 20 plus years, he knows the history, the 60 year history, right? Mm-hmm. And as things are going on, he's the one that's basically uncorruptible. He's been here forever, and he knows when the house is affecting these other people, right? So one of the people leave, and and they're out of the picture. One of the mediums, right? Yeah. So that leaves just three of them left with the Roddy McDowell character. And Roddy McDowell's character comes across the wife of the doctor. Mm-hmm. And as she's trying to come on to him, you know, hey, you know, want to see me naked, blah, 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 blah. It's actually pretty funny. It's a funny scene, but it's like tormenting, mm-hmm. right? Because he's standing there. He knows that she's been possessed and he fucking slaps her right across the face <laughs> and she and she recoils and she's like what the fuck's going on right mm-hmm. and he's like you've been sleepwalking right yeah he, he basically lies because she doesn't want her to feel guilty about all this stuff that's been going on of her hitting on another man while her husband is basically there and he saw this whole thing going on yeah and then brings her up to the room hey your wife was sleepwalking uh, I just happened to be I was downstairs having a drink in front of the fire and just relaxing. Yeah. And I noticed. So being a good guy. Yeah. Right. So, you know, so, so that no shenanigans are going on. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be that guy. Yeah. He, he doesn't want to be his past or his, not his past, but his family's past. And Revel is okay with it to a point. Yeah. But she does it again, you know, and he fucking flips his lid. And at the same time, the whole Pamela Franklin thing where she's being tormented by the spirits, the son of this guy, the son of Emmerich Belasco, and she's telling all these the, – the other ones, hey, he's had a son, and they're like, no, he hasn't. He's not, we know the entire history of this dude. He's never had a son. He has a son. He's buried in the fucking – in the basement. I'll take you right to him, right? And they're like, ah, I'm never going to believe it. Don't worry about it. She's just eh. – She's full of shit. This fucking ESP shit is not, she's not real. She's a fake, right? So when they're off doing their thing, she's, again, she's she's um, uh, confronted by the spirit. Yeah. The spirit shows her mentally what's going on, and she goes downstairs to where this grave is, you know, and it's behind a wall. She opens, she pushes open the wall, and it's a cell and she gets attacked by the skeleton thing, right? Okay. And then it fin- and it crumbles. You don't really see it. You just hear her scream, and it fades to black. And then okay. it comes back, and she's she's curled up on the floor, and she's got scratches all over her, 
things like that. Yeah. And not just that. I mean, it it's a progression. She slowly gets fucked up through this whole movie. <laughs> okay. Like, she's, at one point, I told you about the whole rape thing. Yeah. She's lying on her stomach, and and you think she's dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I come back into, I, I walked away from the movie for a minute to take a piss. Yeah. I walked back in. She's lying on her stomach, and then she turns and looks at the camera, and she starts laughing. <laughs> Like crazy laugh, right? I'm like, uh-huh. what the fuck just happened? Yeah. I said, is she dead? Did I said, fuck this. She fucking got raped. Yeah. That's fucked up. I, like, I got to watch this. She As she's lying on her back, she's got bruises and scratches. Now, again, it's the 70s. When they're doing makeup, usually they just kind of throw the paint at you. Yeah. And wherever it lands, it fucking lands and it doesn't look real. Yeah. This shit looked awful. It looked, no, I mean, good, awful, like uh-huh. real. Like they literally beat her and scratched her. It was grotesque. Yeah. All right. It, it was, it was unnerving. So as I'm watching it, the whole movie is, is very, again, it's the Hammer films style. It's not well photographed. Yeah. Um, the, the effects aren't there, you know, because it's a cheap movie. But again, it's a psychological thriller, and if it were actually done today and it were done right, like what they would do is they would do it today, and then they would throw in this ultra gore and whatever else. Cheap scares. Yeah, you know, and you and and if you just actually did this movie in today with a budget today, and because again, it's a it's a character study. We'll have Fidi Alvarez do it. You could you could. Yeah. It's very similar to. Um, Don't breathe. Yes, exactly. Or you could have yeah you could have Kevin Smith do this yeah you know, um, well it's it's a it's an interesting movie. Goddamn yoga hosers. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting movie, yeah. and um, the fact that you know what surprised me is again Richard Matheson writing the fucking movie. Mm. Um, I enjoyed it. It's it's um, it felt like a TV movie though. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I can picture it in my head. So, so yeah. Anyways, it, I I recommend it. What can you find it on? Uh, I watched it on Stars. No, I'm sorry. Stars. It was on MGM. It was on the MGM channel. Okay. So. All right. Anyways. All right. So there there's no real news to talk about this week. Uh, only one thing that was awesome as only fun. one thing. Yeah. One no, thing. there was a couple. Oh, if you want to talk about them, go ahead. Yeah. All right. What was it? We had the Star Wars Battlefront two trailer. Okay. We had the Atomic Bond Blonde number two trailer. Full full on trailer, yeah. Which we just fucking watched. Yeah. And then what else? Ragnarok, baby. What else? Um. Don Rickles died. Yeah, Don Rickles did die. Uh, I but whatever. His uh, Jimmy Kimmel's uh, little tribute to him was was touching. It was nice. Whatever. It's very nice. It's good to see, and they, you know, he did a little montage of of uh, interviews that he did with him. He appeared on a show like seventeen times in the, during a stretch, and that's awful. You know, Don Rickles, funny motherfucker, man. He was. I really wish that his TV series on uh, Fox back in the nineties would have lasted. I don't know if it's shitty now if you watched it, but I loved how racist his. He was like the Archie Bunker of the nineties, and apparently people were too uncomfortable with that. There's still too much guilt floating around or something. Whatever. <laughs> hey, he has a wicked sense of humor. Wicked fucking cool. Anyways. All right. So, anything else? I'm trying to find a couple of things. Oh, now, at this moment, you're trying to find things. 
No, keep going. <laughs> Smart ass. Well, there's nothing. Look, the only thing Michael Jordan should have never acted. Fuck you. Uh, oh, yeah, the Batman Harley Quinn animated movie. Yeah. Look, there's nothing that I thought of this week. I don't care about the Elizabeth Bank remarks, jokes and remarks. Stupid. You should hear the bantering of that shit. Dude, get on with the news. Well, you're the the one searching through shit. Who cares? You don't need to fucking... You you don't need to give a running commentary of me searching through Screen Rant just to see if there's any other news. I don't think you like Screen Rant. I don't. But unfortunately... So why would you lower yourself? I'm kidding. Uh, Or am I? No. All right. So Marvel is doing such a good job at their marketing. Uh, they're just, I mean, well, the first three letters, right? Mar. So they're awesome. It is, they are so fucking awesome. Every single trailer that they keep coming out with for their new movies, it gets me pumped. Okay. The the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer that, that happened a few months ago, the teaser, got me pumped. The first full-on trailer got me pumped. The second trailer... Not as good as the first two, but it still it gets me. You know, it touches you in all the right places, right? They came out with yesterday the Thor Ragnarok trailer, and that shit, it's great. It is a great fucking trailer. That trailer is so good. I love how it just starts to build up right at the beginning with the with the immigrant song by Led Zeppelin, and it just. It, it it doesn't hit you right in the face with it. It, it just it eases you in, and then it fucking sl- and then it it blows the hammer up. You know what I mean? And that's awesome about it. The trailer had everything in it. It had it had an introduction to almost all the characters. You know, you had uh, you get to see Carl Urban first. Uh, you know, images of him playing Scourge, mm-hmm. who I don't know who Scourge is, but I looked it up, so I wanted to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, the style of it, you know. Uh, the it reminded me of uh, you know seventies and eighties sci fi, um, uh, Flash Gordon type you know styling with the with the uh, with all the the logos and and titles and shit. Um, the uh, the beginning of the trailer you know where it, it has you know Thor dangling in Hades or wherever, um, and he's talking about where he's going to be. Uh, oh well, this you know you want to know how I got here or whatever. That reminded me of Iron Man three. Because that's how Iron Man three starts is a flashback, you know, and then how do we get to this point from here and stuff like that, right? Um, the return of Loki, uh, the Grandmaster played by Jeff Goldblum. I totally forgot he was in this movie. Um, the trailer doesn't show you everything, of course. It doesn't show you Doctor Strange if if and when he appears in the movie, because they set that up in the, at the end of Doctor Strange. But what they do show is the Hulk, and that's just fucking awesome. And the whole trailer's awesome. It, I kept watching it over and over again. And I know I watched it a shitload of times, and I think you watched it more than I watched it. Yeah. So. What about it? I hogged the whole fucking trailer review. Talk what, about, what do you want me to say? You talk about the little operatic thing at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Do S- it. Stop. Stop. I'm not vamping. No, you're not. You're... you're your false encouragement, I dude. I can't focus on anything when you're cho- when you're fucking got something. In, Joe has a sore sore throat. And I'm very, yeah, very I'm sore. sorry. And it's it, and it's a pet peeve. It's the eating thing on the phone, pet peeve. Yeah, but Joe is fucking as he's talking into the microphone. All I can hear is him rolling that fucking cough drop in his mouth and chewing on it. Seriously, it bugs. I was the shit hoping out of me. I was hoping that it wouldn't be heard, but I guess it is. It's it's. 
Look, it's I'm like <laughs> that's me. That's me. I, I know. I get it's it. It's on me. It's the nails on the chalkboard, man. I get. I get it. So, <clears throat> um, yeah. The, I mean, the trailer opens up with you know, like when you hear when you hear Robert Plant singing the beginning of Immigrant Song with the ah. Well, there's an orchestral part in there where you hear at the beginning someone doing that in an in, you know in, in, uh, operatic voice. Yeah. And you hear the immigrant song done in an orchestral way before it slowly ramps up to the song. Yeah. You know, the fucking trailer rules. Yeah. And the the, the titles are done almost similar to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 yeah. in that 70s style, you know. Um, Joe and I have a theory about the titles mm-hmm. and the colors of the titles for these movies where they they're doing it specifically for the color of the gem that's yeah. supposed to be involved in the movie. Yeah. And we'll see if that's true or not. I mean, who knows, but I I have I have a sort of theory about that. But the, yeah, this trailer to me is so good that it actually gets me excited for a Thor movie. Yeah, and I haven't been excited for a movie uh, John Wick I got excited about, but Generally, I don't get fucking excited. Here it is again. <laughs> I don't get excited about movies because oh, that's hell. By the way, he's he's in hell. Yeah. So it's 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 fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, of course, I was. It's, I hope the Star Wars trailer comes out is just as good. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. I hope they don't try to give away too much either. Though. They won't. They'll do it just like the Force Awakens. Yeah, but let me. There's some people that said on uh, comment feeds they're like, it would be better if they don't show any trailers for Star Wars at all, and you just go to the movie, and boom, there it is. Instead of you know, well, but there's no way they'd ever do it. No, they they won't. That's that makes fucking money. God damn it! Yeah, you got to have the 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 fucking music playing. You hear it Mm. in the background. Now that you now that you know to look for it or listen for it. Yep. It's so well done. This fucking this fucking trailer. Dude, I've been saying this shit about trailers for a long, long time. Uh-huh. Or movies that have music that are playing and the dude gets into his car. And then all of a sudden it's on the radio. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's my idea. <laughs> yeah. This is this show is so awesome that I, I wouldn't mind seeing it every single week before the movie comes out. No, I could watch this fucking trailer as much as you can. Yeah. Just in, in the imagery of the Valkyries and him being on Planet Hulk. Is, I'm going to call it Planet Hulk yeah. because that's where, where it's going to take place. And the Collector's brother. Yep, the Grandmaster. Yep. And fucking Hemdall. Scourge. <laughs> Loki. It's main event time. It's main event time. Yeah, it's just it's so Avengers right here. Yeah, with the <laughs> fucking helmet. There we go. So cool. What is, does he have bird poop on his shoulder? What the fuck is it? Hold on a second. I got to put a pause on it. 
That fucking look on his face, dude. Mm-hmm. What is that? Uh, oh, that's like war paint. Uh, okay. I think it's, yeah, I think he's war paint. You yep, just can't right tell because he's got the armor and shit. Right there. Yeah. You can see it on his arm. That's a cool fucking picture right there. Show me your war face. <laughs> <laughs> There's the war face. <laughs> dude, that's like, that reminds me of Warcraft, the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it looks like you know what it looks like. It looks like he fucking tore out the insides of Optimus Prime and then jumped in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but God damn it, man, this is so good. Yeah, hey, look, they need to take the marketing people from from Marvel and go over to Warner Brothers for a little while and do the DC because <laughs> I'm not pumped at all for for Justice League. I'm not. Justice League looks like I'm gonna go to Massachusetts during the fucking winter season when it's cloudy and then go fish for crabs. That's what it makes me feel like when I watch those trailers. Right. I I don't feel like I'm, uh, anything special is going to happen. You know, it might as well be a uh, superhero Manchester by the sea. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? I, I just... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Oh, oh my fucking God. <laughs> so, yeah. I, 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 I'm just not... Fuck, man. Show me something. Show me something. Show me something. Shit. All right. So, the next film that we will be seeing and talking about on... Cinescape movie reviews. Dude, we didn't talk about Battlefront Two. Oh, okay. Well, you want? I, I thought you just wanted to mention it. Yeah, Battlefront Two trailer sneaked out today. And how do you feel about that, Mike? I never no, played. I, I, I've got the first Battlefront, and it's. I mean, it, it is what it is, man. It, it's. I, my problem is, I'm, I can only go so far with a shoot 'em up. I like. I, I'm, you have. I'm, you have Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, I have the one on the PS4. Okay. Um, it's cool and all. Don't get me wrong. It, but it's like well, you got to get the download content. And you got to get online and play. I just, I've already burnt myself out on Call of Duty type stuff. I would rather play a Star Wars game like that that looks exactly like that. But instead, you're going on adventures and you're actually going through gameplay of of stories and and, and stories from the movies and and extra made stories. You know, uh, expanded stories and. Well, what they need to do is they need to make a Star Wars game like Battlefront, no. but an MMO where where you choose Rebel. You 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 have only well, you actually have a couple of choices. Yeah, but you can do Alliance. You know, Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. You can do uh, Imperial, and then you have these other factions. What? Is it okay to have that on here? Oh, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I don't think they can hear it anyways. It doesn't matter. Right. It was going it through pretty loud. It doesn't pick up on... Huh? It doesn't pick up here. I don't think it does. Because um, I'm hearing it in my ear, ear, earphones. Yeah, so what? I'm not complaining. I'm just... Just in case. <sighs> so. Well, it's from the trailer of King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. So, uh-huh. yeah, we can use it sparingly. Uh, as long as you're... Doing it for what it was used for, I get. Okay, I get. Yeah, we're, we're. I mean, it's a we're pre preview fucking movies and shit like that. So yeah, but it doesn't matter. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, they should do an MMO just like Battlefront Two, where or Battlefront Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, where you you are the alliance, and now you can have smugglers and this and that. But you can also play like in Star Wars Galaxies. They open it up where you can actually just be a farmer. Mm-hmm. Or you can make shit. And they should allow that. But the overall game should be... Baby boss. <laughs> no, it should be... <laughs> so, 
the overall game should be an MMO, you know, where you you're going to do missions and this and that. Yeah. But you're fighting against the goddamn Imperials. Yeah. Right. Just like in Warcraft, where you can fight against you know the Alliance, Choose the Horde your of Alliance, side. and and go from there. I mean, just just do it. Just just make a Warcraft style. Star Wars game yeah. and fucking let us do it, and then you can have the you can have four factions. You can actually have three factions. You can have you have uh, Horde Alliance, but then you have the Smuggler faction, right? Yeah. So you can have, and then you can like you can have Smuggler and Black Sun, which is there are two op- opposing factions. One's a bad guy faction, like you know uh, the shady side of doing shit and fucking you know thieves and whatnot, right? Yeah. And then you have the Smugglers, the shady side of doing that. And that Black Sun faction would be kind of bounty hunters, right? Say a smuggler bounty hunter. And then you have Imperial and Alliance, you know? And then just go from there. Didn't they have that in Star Wars Galaxy? No. I just told you. Okay. You could be a smuggler in Star Wars Galaxy, but they didn't have factions. They didn't really have a lot of... They didn't have... It's not Warcraft. It was completely different. It was a complete sandbox MMO. And the problem with that is, is that people like me don't want to play those games yeah i want to play something like world of warcraft where you progress Mm -hmm. and and have fun and all this other shit i don't i don't want to fucking i don't want to spend hours waiting for someone to create a component for a ship that i want to build (laughs) yeah you know oh no i gotta get the blueprint for the millennium falcon or the yt 1300 in order to do that i gotta go find the components for the fucking blueprint and then I gotta put it all together, and I gotta find a ship right that can build the fucking this and that, and blah blah blah. That's not for me. Yeah. Just give me the goddamn component. Let me buy it. Yeah. Let me buy the ship. Let me buy this. Let me buy that. I'm fine. All right. Go to a vendor and buy it, or go to the auction house and buy it, whatever the fuck. And that's fine. But yeah, there should be four factions: Imperial and Rebel, on the on the opposite ends, and then in the middle, Smugglers and Bounty Hunters. You know, and then you go from there. All right. Okay, so hope I, I I hope that the, yeah I'll probably end up buying it, dude. I mean, shit. I don't have a PS4, so I'll probably buy it for PC. Okay, there you go. So uh, next film, like I said, we're going to be talking about on Cinescape mm-hmm. movie reviews is going to be the Fate of the Furious, Fast and Furious Part Eight. Fate of the Furious. Um. This, this, I don't fucking care. This movie series is one step away from being, uh, you know, race cars in space. <laughs> space and, trucker. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, machete kills works in, you know, machete kills in space, right? Uh, that works. But this one, this show doing this with the Fast and Furious franchise, no. It's, anyway, we're going to go see it because it's the big new, you know, pre-summer blockbuster that's coming out. and Pre-summer. You know, and we have to find out, why is Dom turning evil? I don't care. <laughs> will the love of Michelle Rodriguez is Letty? Will she bring him back? No. <laughs> and if he comes back, will he have? Oh, we talked. We didn't talk about fucking Atomic Blonde. Insomnia, or, or forgetfulness. He he has a chip implanted in his brains. Or yeah, wow. Oh. Uh. <laughs> All right. <sighs> yeah. So look, we're, neither one of us are excited to see Fate of the Furious, but uh, look, anything with the Rock in it. I'm down to watch it, you know, and then I'll I'll talk shit about it afterwards. All right. Uh, hopefully the Wrecking Ball kills everybody. No more sequel. Okay. Atomic Blonde. Yes. You the wanted new, to talk about it, motherfucker. Yeah, talk the new it. fucking Atomic Blonde trailer. All right, so it came out. There we go. You happy? Sort of. 
All right, we start to see more lesbian shit. We got to see more smoking, more more kick-ass action. Dude, this movie's going to fucking rock. It's it, going to be it kick-ass good. style. Like the movie Kick-Ass. Yeah. It's going to be fucking it's going to blow people. I think it's going to blow people. I out think of it's going to be John Chick. I think absolutely. I think it's it's a sleeper hit. John Twick. How about that? No, John Chick much much better. I know it does. John Twick. <laughs> yeah. John Twerk. John Chick. So yeah, it'll be John Chick. Yeah, whatever. Or Joan Joan Wick. Yeah, Joan Wick. There you go. All right, either way. Joan Chick. I do believe that this movie is a sleeper hit mm-hmm. in that <clears throat> for the most part is going to be the most talked about movie of this year. All right. That's a bold statement, but yeah. all right. Okay, so Cinescape Movie Reviews, I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. We will catch you on that flip side. Okay. Good show. Jolly good show. Jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches. This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle. That's what I call it, my handle. You can tweet me at. You can send me a tweet at. Tweet me at. You can follow me. Fuck off. All right. Yeah, follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can follow me on tweet, <laughs> Twitter. You can Twitter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at. What about you? MPS 5150 because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah. Yes. All you what do button? It, the little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We Sp- prefer Facebook, but you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, share, share the, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. This is the end. It's the end. Benito, the end, I tell you. We're all going to nibble the dust. Or go fuck yourself.